The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Hi, Scout. Hi, babe. I haven't seen you in, in a while, I feel like. I know. How's everything going in your life? Great. <laughs> That's how you really feel, babe. No, Dude. Things are good. Things are, it's, it's hard. It's hard coming off of like being gone, 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 gone. And then you like, don't deal with your shit. Cause you're like, I can't do this right now because I just got home and then I have to leave again in 48 hours. And I don't want to spend my time dealing with the shit I didn't deal with last week or the week before or the week before that. And then it just explodes. Dude, I'm going to be real and open and honest. And I hope Tom is okay with me oh, talking God. about this. It's not bad. I I had a moment where I felt completely lost with everything in my life. Yeah. Including my relationship. Yeah. And my partnership. And that was so fucking scary to okay. and I and I held it in. And I remember I approached you and I was like, did you freak out like before you got married? Like, were you fucking having a panic attack? Were you like freaking out? And you were like, I I knew you were. And I was like, what do you mean you knew that I was? I like were. it was just, it was like. It was like it was like a mask that I had on that I couldn't remove. Do you remember that fucking Goosebumps movie, The Mask? Yeah, dude, that's what I fucking <laughs> felt like. I felt like I had this fucking thing on my head, and I was like, oh, "Everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. How do you get this off? How do you get this off?" It's because you keep running. You don't. Which I told Tom. Stop. I told Tom because then you have to deal with it. I I know, and that's how I've been. I've been used to. To, to doing that my entire life. Of course. And, you know, I haven't done therapy in a really, really, really long time. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm literally realizing I need to continue that, that work that yes. I, I do with myself. And in your relationship. But too. imagine having that, that conversation. It was a really sad and vulnerable and eye-opening conversation to be able to have with Tom. And Tom literally told me, he was like, you remember that time when I was in the ICU from my accident with the horse yeah. and like I I lost my job I was on unemployment I was working on Mandalorian and then it was like taken away from me. Yeah. And he's like you gave 70% in that relationship and I gave 30. Mm. He's like I'm going to now do that for you. Good. I will give you 70 and you can give me 30 and I will do this until we, you know, <laughs> that's what a marriage is though. I know. And only, I've just been oh, so rarely, scared. Rarely are you both a hundred? Like, but I'm never those used are to that. Such I'm great never, moments, but, but I was never used to that in any of my relationships. Someone ever. willing to give you 70 when you only have ever. 30 to give? Yeah. Yeah. Ever. So it was an eye-opening thing. And I felt like so much pressure. Just, Released? Yes, dude. To ask for what you need? Yes. Yeah. Why are we so scared to ask? It, it's those because kind of- because when you're a kid actor, what you need doesn't matter. Ah, uh, I just had this thought. Um, you know, I told you I'm writing and I'm going through all of these like back to like things that I wasn't allowed to feel. And one of the things that I I remembered was my first job. Right, my first job was this show called Spencer for Hire. You're too young, but it's this actor Robert Urich, and I was like. I think I was eight and I was shot in Boston. So I left New York, went to Boston, was filming. I filmed for two days and I got a screen test for a soap opera, One Life to Live back in New York. And I had gotten food poisoning 
like the same day. It was like, oh, she can't go do this, you know, this uh, screen test because she's in Boston working on the show. And, and I had, it was like vomiting like profusely. I remember Chinese food, never forget it. First time I ever had food poisoning. And then I got the, got the manager, mother, stepdad was like, no, she's got to go back. She's, you have to go screen test. You're going to lose this opportunity. This is the only time you're going to be able to do it. So we told the production that I couldn't go to work that next day because mm. I had food poisoning. Mm. And my mom sat outside my hotel room and I flew to New York with my stepdad without production knowing. And I screen tested for One Life to Live while I was covered in vomit in a barf bag on the airplane, screen tested, got the job, wow. flew back home with my stepdad, still throwing up, got home and production came to the, to the hotel. And my mom was like, she's sleeping, she's sleeping. But the fact that like, I was still made to go to New York to screen test for something while I was in Boston working on my first job and yeah. had horrible food poisoning. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you're yeah. like, what, yeah. what parent wouldn't be like, I don't care about that job. Care. My, yeah. my eight-year-old is like vomiting blood in the toilet. Yeah. I've had so many stories like that. Yeah, it's like, no, get on a plane and go because this is an important job for you. Yeah. That's, that's but you like also crazy. felt to yourself. Of course there yeah. was, I had to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you can like doing conventions and doing, you know, like we always say like, oh, yeah. you get sick, like the two days after you wrapped because yeah. you, you're not like, how does your body shove all that shit down mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you really need to like take care of yourself? So there's something about like your feelings and what you need doesn't matter. So I think that happens in everything in your life. When we were talking about that in the last episode where us women, we just don't know how to melt into that. The feminine, feminine energy and not be a badass bitch. Well, that's a that thing. That can fucking handle everything on her own. I know. And don't need no. And you're difficult. It's a typical. And you're difficult. <laughs> you know? Okay, before we, um, we have a guest, but before we introduce our guest, um, you guys, we are doing a fan trip. Um, and I'm fucking stoked. Are you stoked? Are you excited? I, I, you are know, you as excited as I am? I, I. God, I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I just don't want to like, yes. I mean, I think it's going to be really fun. I just think I know it's you're funny nervous. that I, I, I that's natural. To I mean, I just well. got more men responding than women. So that makes me a little more like, I don't want to, here we go talking about like slipping into like having to put on your, but that's your job. Like you're putting on, yeah. a, a, you're, you're giving them what they pay for. God, like, I don't, don't think that at all. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's <laughs> us. It's you and me. I know. Do, as I'm going to go here. in. Me, me, me. So if y'all better be ready, <laughs> high energy me. I'm gonna fucking fall my ass if we're doing an activity. I'm I have like, like 80, I'm gonna eat how I eat. and like ten women, and then they want to go to Alaska. That's where we want to go. That's great. Yeah, I've never mine's been to Italy. Mine's Italy. Okay, so let's just answer a couple of these. Um, uh, By the way, this this episode's airing after Thanksgiving, but we're recording it before Thanksgiving. So I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And then in the next episode, we'll tell you our crazy Thanksgiving stories. I'm sure we'll have some. <laughs> a lot of people are asking, uh, will we be doing some activities? Oh, yeah. It's all activities. Yes. Yeah, so it's all. So there's. There, oh, yeah. We're not we just will, like hanging out in a hotel. We will be setting up an itinerary for every day of activities. And some people were, were wondering if it's only going to be like two hours a day. No. 
Oh no, it's the it's whole time. it's the whole time. So it's going to be you know six to eight hours a day doing things like you know, itineraries I'm have to take a nap, are are set. Danielle will take a nap, and I'll take the rest <laughs> of the crew, and we'll go fucking to a bar and drink, and then be drunk and be like, yeah, yeah right. She has one drink, and she's fucking wasted. I, did I see how many drinks I'm gonna no, have? No, michelada, michelada, michelada. Okay, all right. We have a guest on here, and I'm so excited yet nervous. Because what our show is about, <laughs> and I don't think I've ever talked about these subjects with this man, uh, but I had an incredible experience uh, working with him on a movie that we have coming out in a couple of weeks, uh, A Creature Was Stirring, which you guys heard all of um, the stories, and it'd be lovely to hear his opinion, the director, Damon Levesque. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Are you excited? I am so excited. I'm really excited about the movie. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. So did anything resonate with you when we were taught when we were discussing um our our stuff in the beginning, like the <laughs> therapy and stuff? Is anything <clears throat> resonating with you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think that you know, I've been married for going on 14 years now. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, what you give to your partner is is so important because you are going to, like Danielle said, you are going to sort of fluctuate on like what your what your capacity is. Right. Yeah. Um, like I'm at a point I'm, I'm at a in a season right now where like, you know, my wife and producing partner, Natalie, is doing some really big stuff with her job. Right. And I have to support that. I really have to I really have to sort of you know, play second fiddle or, you know, be in the passenger seat while she runs and does that stuff. Um, and just being able to identify that and encourage, I think you really have to be vocal. And this is something that I'm learning still. I mean, even this far in, I'm learning, like, I have to be there to say, honey, I know this is really important. I want you to do this. I want you to go do this. I'm going to handle all this other stuff for you. And mm. I've had, um, I'm still learning it, but I mean, it really has been a valuable experience and that's how you, that's how you make it last. Do you have those actual conversations where you say those words to her or are you someone that does actions? Like you'll do little things, but you don't have the conversation about it. Well, I'm naturally more the person that's just going to do the actions and like try and fill in things, but I, but I'm learning the importance of having those conversations and actually vocalizing it because I'm not good at that. So I'm practicing that. You're a Taurus, right? Uh, No, I'm a Capricorn. Oh, I thought you were a Taurus. (laughs) Tom has, um, Tom has, he's, he's action as well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like I know that like David shows he cares when I come home from a con and like incense have been burnt Mm -hmm. and the candles are on and the bed is turned down and there's ice water next to my bed. Like, I know that that's like his way of being like, I'm taking care of you because I know this is align the fucking chakras is important to you when you come home from all this crazy energy. So those are things that don't, he doesn't need in his life, but he knows I do. So he does, but I would much rather almost have not much rather, but it would be nice to also have the conversation of, I just want you to know that I've got it right now yeah. and you, you, I'm going to take care of you and you, but tell me what you need and let me take care of it. Why is that more important to women? Do you think? Cause we work, we're, we're here mm-hmm. men's visual, we're mental. So yeah. I, and I think that, I think that, you know, also <laughs> one of the things that I've been learning in therapy is empathy, mm-hmm. right. And being emotionally vulnerable and getting in touch with my feelings and being able to identify them. And in the process of doing that, I'm learning how to you know, 
get into get get in that you know so the you know the difference between empathy and sympathy Brene Brown mm-hmm. talks about this right mm-hmm. uh Brene Brown so, was, was when I did marriage I did marriage counseling last year we did like a 14 hour intensive mm-hmm. over two days is that her you- Brene Brown was the, was what we were studying that was what oh, we wow. that's like she's like yeah it's like yeah the, so it's like if you're if you're down in a pit right sympathy is being up at the top and looking down and going I'm so sorry you're down there I have sympathy for you Empathy is climbing down in the pit and be like, mm-hmm. this is really hard. I understand. Mm-hmm. So that is that is what I'm practicing. It really does take practice. And as a guy who's like, you know, I'm not, you know, guys are traditionally in our culture not allowed to get in touch with their feelings, not allowed to be emotional. And I'm 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 learning the importance of that, especially to the health of a marriage. That comes with age though, too, don't you think? Um, I think it a definitely can. I, I mean, like people, people have too. to mature and they, they, they have to grow, but I also think it comes with like, do you come from a family where you were taught that I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't Nobody come from was. a family. Who was? We have but, to do that for ourselves. Do you have kids? Yeah. I have three kids, six, five, and three. Oh my goodness. They're the yeah. greatest. They're such great guys. They're like, such, I have a five and he's a such a great dad. He's such a, you guys are such great parents. Oh, honestly, you. you really, really are. So do you, mm-hmm. do you, what do you, don't you find this, the conversations you have with your kids to be so much different than the conversations your parents had with you? Oh yeah. I never because remember I, saying because... to my kid, I never remember my mom saying to me, like, you know how special I think you are and you know that you're safe and mommy's got it. And like, I love you and you're so smart and you're, you're like, I never, I don't remember having those, but I give them to my kids all the time. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't remember my parents doing that so much with me. I remember them like, you know, praising me for things I did well, but I'll tell you something that I'm doing differently with my own kids that never happened with me is I ask my kids how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? What what's something that made you angry today? What's something that yeah. made you happy today? And have them look inward and like d- identify those things. That's such an important skill. Yeah, that is. I mean, I was terrified of my parents. I don't want my kids to be terrified of me at all. No, it's like, all how all. you how you do it. Don't make them be scared. Yeah, like no. Jagger right. got a bad report in our in our kids' schools. Oh, I I I I signed. I forged my mother's fucking signature on my report card because I knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. I was so scared to tell her I got a, a like a C. I was yeah. terrified. My yeah. little one is getting, is getting, uh, uh, they get this little like calendar after every day where they either get a happy face or they get like a bad note. My older son, six, never gets a bad note, but the little yeah. one is yeah, like, fucking forced regiment. So David sent me this last night. I'm like, oh, because he has turkey trot today in school. So I'm like, oh, okay. So we get these. It looks like this, right? Like what they write. I'm like, okay, what is on here? So we're like, uh oh. So Jagger yesterday, not following directions on the carpet, lots of interrupting with funny comments. At least he's howling, funny. howling in the cafeteria, howling. Fuck yeah! And getting in other kids' faces. No. D- well, did you watch it? Did you make him watch a werewolf movie? I didn't, but he always howls at the moon. Oh, he yeah. thinks it's like it's like a thing. I think it's me being like, oh my god, it's a full moon. The kids are gonna turn. They're gonna turn into werewolves. And then he's like, oh. um, you know, but, I, I you know to... but I said like, don't come after them. Like let let let's find out what what Jagger's side of the story is. Let's talk about it. Let him know that he can't do this again. So he's gonna lose his YouTube for the day. But that doesn't. But you want to hear his side of the story and know that like yeah. you can't be afraid. You're not you're not mad at him because you weren't there. You want to hear it. But he's still gonna have pay some consequences for getting a bad report. Yeah, sure. I mean, you want to understand your kids and that's, that's something like in today's world, like I'm terrified of what's out there and how it will affect them. But I, I want to make them feel comfortable telling me if something, if they see something or if something happens at school, you know, I'm not going to get mad at you if you can Mm -hmm. tell me that that stuff happened. I just want to, I just want to know you can trust me. I'm safe, you know? 
Yeah. That was my father. Like uh, my father was very chill and very much with like, how are you feeling? What's going on? I'm going to listen to you. And that's because and, he was a mortician. I mean, he's yeah. dealing with people's like, <laughs> like talk about needing to understand empathy. Yeah, exactly. Um, just going back to your um, Natalie, I was wondering what is it, what is it like working with your wife? What are the pros and the cons? Like, what is that like? The the pros are she's incredibly smart and capable, and I never have to worry that anything is going to be done correctly because she always does things correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, the cons are just that, you know, I have that, um, and this is something just very personal to me, you know, I have sort of that that codependent, uh, you know, feeling like I, I need her approval in order to be okay with myself. Um, so like if I, if I, if I, you know, mess up or something, sometimes it's tough to get that feedback from her, uh, like, you know, Hey, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, that's another thing I've been been working on, but that can be sometimes challenging, but ultimately it's a, it's a pure joy. It's pure joy because like, she is just awesome and supportive and capable. And she's, she checks all the boxes. What do you think you would need from her to make you feel okay about something that you're not feeling confident about? What could she do in those moments that would make you feel like, okay, you're on my set. I got this. Hmm. Well, I, I, the, the thought, the thought that I immediately had was the, when, when you said, make me feel, I, I mm. have been learning that people can't make me feel anything. Mm-hmm. I have to, I'm feeling something as a result of something that someone else said, how I deal with that emotion is on me. Um, so I think that, um, I am learning how to be more emotionally regulated and how to not, not give power to the person that's triggering me. Right. Um, and, and learn how to deal with what I'm feeling in the moment. Um, she's the most supportive wife a man could ask for. And, you know, I think that she knows me almost better than I know myself at times. So I wouldn't say that there is anything she should do differently from how she normally is. You just need to work on yourself. I think so. I really do. Yeah. Dude, she's such a cheerleader for you. Um, I guess going to a creature with stirring <laughs> um, on that set, I swear to God, she like praised you every single day. Every conversation I had with her was, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. Like he, she's like an amazing cheerleader for you. She's, she has your back. Like, and she was so excited, like sitting behind the monitor, like watching like things <laughs> happening. Like she was like a, a big fan. Like she yeah. was a, a holiday horror movie that wasn't or didn't revolve around fucking Halloween. We like, will. Yeah, I know. We will. And maybe we will this? direct it. Yeah. <laughs> coming out. Oh, yeah. Tell us. So tell us about the movie. Yeah, tell, tell us the movie. what's the movie about. Tell uh, us okay. what's going out. Totes. Uh, a Creature Was Stirring. Um, it's about uh, this mother who's keeping her daughter pumped full of medication, locked in her room to help sustain a fever because she thinks that if she gets too hot or too cold, she's going to turn into a monster. And this is on the eve of Christmas. And these two people break into the house looking for shelter in this blizzard. And they discover that the mother and the daughter have this very dysfunctional relationship and that there is something lurking in the shadows. Something's not quite right. Um, and it comes out on December 8th in select theaters and um, on VOD on Apple on December 12th. And what I would love for everyone to do, uh, whether or not you live in a city where it's coming out in the theater is to go on Apple now and pre-order it right now, because the more people see it right now, the higher ranking we get in the algo and all that. What's the process of getting a movie into the theaters now? How does that work? Um, our distributor does it. 
Um, I don't know exactly how the process works. I do know that there are certain markets where they want to put it just because of the kind of movie that it is. So we're in uh, LA, San Diego, Detroit, Chicago, and Dallas. So you're you're in Dallas, right? I'm in Dallas. Yeah. Did you know he's oh, Texas? Oh, nice. I'm in Austin. <laughs> oh, are you? Nice. Yeah, this okay. Bitch needs to fucking move to Texas. I told right. him. I, no, I told no him. No income tax. It, That's right. Yeah, it's it's on it's number it's one on right now. Fuck FYI, you. it's That's number so it's number one. Thank it's you probably going to happen for your month in in Kentucky to be like, nope, 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 nope. So how is um how is the experience for you? Because I share. How is it working with Scout? Yeah, that's, that's really what yeah, she wants to talk that. about. Oh, God, yeah. let me tell you. Should we Should we ask her to leave for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll plug my uh, headphones really quick, guys. Uh, you So, okay, you want me to go there? Sure, I'll do that. Um, I loved working with Scout. Uh, she is a consummate professional, and I just have so much respect for actors that show up off book, know what they got to do, fully committed and like that's what could you ask what more could you ask for as a director you know and then on top of that i love how fun you are so (laughs) so like it's like later (laughs) right but like later it's it's nice to work with an actor who also you can hang out with on the weekends you know like let's go to let's go do something fun together or you know whatever (laughs) i'm always that person trying to get the whole like you know, production together oh, okay. on the weekends. Oh, yeah. yeah you I'm were. always that. I'm like, let's, yeah. let's do something. No, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm being in my room, <laughs> fucking sleeping <laughs> and reading and shopping on the internet. So, um, how was the experience filming this for you? Because I talked where about did you it. Film this Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, you did, yeah. Louisville. That was the first movie I did in Louisville. Oh, Louisville. God. Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. Sorry. Um, it was a very difficult production. Um, you know, I, I made my first movie, The Cleansing Hour, in Romania, and it was a thousand times easier. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because in, in Bucharest, there's a production services company that, you know, everybody uses. They've got, you know, they've got everything on their lot there. They've got all the equipment. They've got all the workers. And then the same people who are going from movie to movie to movie. So there's, like, lots of experience. I mean, the best scripty I've ever seen in my life was was there. Like, wow. I swear to you, I would fly her in to work on a movie because she was that good. Um, but, uh, you know, so like everything was sort of turnkey, like you show up, you make your movie, but in Kentucky, Kentucky has a new rebate and they are still building their infrastructure. They're still growing their crew base and that takes years really to happen. So I think a a lot of the problems that we had were just related to inexperienced crew and people who just didn't quite understand how sets run. Um, so it was a challenge, but we got it done and uh, we have a movie to show for it. So it's the kind of thing where like you kind of forget about like all the struggles that you had while you were in production and you're and you watch the movie. It's like, oh, wow, that's that's fun. You know? Yeah. Yeah. At least that's, and that's also where I'm at. it was like like around COVID time. Right. So we yes. were constantly like getting uh, shut down because people were getting COVID. We had to shut down twice. Um, it, twice that was dude. really, really scary because How I thought was that, the original shoot supposed to be Three 19, weeks? 19 days. And 19. how long was it? Uh, it was like two months. Like, I think we were there for two months. Yeah. Yeah. How great. Like, that's like, that's uh, FYI. That's never happened. So I, I felt so bad for you guys. Yeah. I was like, my you got to pay for everybody to, to be put up there while you're not working. Right. And does everyone we, get paid too? We, we, we worked something out where basically we paid, we kept our crew. We paid them to stay. To stay. To stay. So they wouldn't jump to something else. 
Yeah, God, yeah. it was so crazy. It so was crazy. we we talked about, um, and I just wanted to hear your perspective of it because we talked to uh, Chrissy mm-hmm. um, with that that blood cannon yes. um, that happened, and we got a lot of people actually, um, you know, writing in questions after. And yeah. I guess, like, can you explain like the blood cannon and what happened? And yeah. And- We'll talk about who's in the movie in case they didn't hear that. Episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> who's in the movie? <laughs> so it's Chrissy Metz, Annalise Basso, Scout Taylor Compton, and Connor Paolo. Woohoo! We love Woo. Connor. We do. Yeah. We love Connor. We um, love everybody. What was it like working with someone? You know, you're, you're a huge horror movie fan. So mm-hmm. what was it like casting someone in, as the lead that's never done a horror movie before? Did you know that? Yeah. Well, I mean, she'd done American Horror Story. Right. You know, which is sort that's of different than like, yeah. you know, an indie horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, I, I had a lot of faith in her as, a, as an artist, so I didn't really have any concerns that she wasn't going to be able to go with where I needed her to go. Oh, um, you know, so I, I really didn't have any worries. Yeah. Because yeah. she had a, she had told us she had a little bit of a hard time. Like it was, she doesn't know she'll do another one because it was like so emotionally, it was difficult for her to to have to go well, there all the time. I think part of it is to is also that the movie is about addiction, mm-hmm. and you know if if you're an addict or if you know an addict, it's it's that's really heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I can understand why she uh, felt that way, and I and I and I you know we talked about it a little bit, you know, um, but she pushed herself for sure. And I'm really, really happy. What's really cool about the movie and anybody who's listening to this, who has seen this is us, it's a really cool way of, you know, seeing how an actor can just completely flip and do something totally different. It's capable um, of doing multiple things, which people yeah. don't seem to really realize. And it is, it is interesting. Like some, some actors, they carry on their character. Like they, they carry it. I mm. don't. Yeah, so I think that's why it's so easy for me to check in and check out. Yeah. So to 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 act with people, Connor's the same way. That carry their character. God, yeah. I couldn't imagine. It's no. like what I was explaining in the beginning of the episode. I would feel like I had a fucking mask on. My I, like I lost myself. Like I would mm. just feel completely lost. So I could imagine like that being really really difficult for her to to crack into that character. Yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely. And you know, I think that if we had more time and we weren't so, uh, uh, you know, like distracted with other BS on the set. You know, I, I, I would like to spend more time with my actors. Honestly, I like having time to rehearse. I liked having time to really dig into the character and just like experiment and play and do all that. But you know, when you're making a low budget independent film, uh, you know, you just don't always have that luxury. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So, so you're the type of director that, that likes that stuff. A lot of actors, I feel like don't, don't like to like rehearse or I don't or do any of that sort of stuff. It's but it's in, but it's it's why why do you like to do that? I'm just like curious from well, like, a director standpoint. It, so it, it it depends on the role, right? Mm-hmm. And you know if whenever whenever we get started early on, a lot of times I I will ask actors, you know, how do you like to work? Mm-hmm. Right? I'll just I'll ask that up front because everyone's different, and you know, and some actors are like you know, awesome on the first take and others are better on takes four or five. Um, but, uh, you know, if we're, if you're doing a really emotional or challenging scene, I sometimes think that, you know, let's get all the technical stuff out of the way first so that you can really concentrate on the, on the performance and not have to worry about blocking and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, that's where I'm like, okay, we've got this blocking down. Well, let's, let's, let's see how, let's see if we can, you know, push this a little bit further or let's like try a different tone or something. You know, Annalise was a lot like 
like this. Annalise liked to play. She liked to like, you know, experiment with her, with her intonation and her performance in different ways to, to give us more options. And I really like that. So I'm an, I'm an editor. I've been editing for 25 years yeah, film and TV and that, this, this, that has influenced my, my, my directing a lot because I shoot for the edit. I know exactly how I'm going to cut the, the scene together. The best directors. And you only I, get what you need. You don't waste our time with anything. Exactly. Else. Exactly. Only like three tape. That's great. Cause he's fucking so knows. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's so much easier. So I'm fucking like, great. Oh, thank God, an editor is directing. <laughs> we, we, we were, we were, we, we were shooting. Like sometimes Scott was like, "We got that right. We don't need to do another one, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. We just need to have one more option. You know, just one more." <laughs> uh, my motto is one take, bitch. I got it. I did it, I did it one take. It was great. <laughs> well, well, Scott was Scott nailed it in one, in one take. But you know, like you know, the camera yeah, or like the other things. Like, you know, of course, <laughs> we do a movie but, in like eight days normally. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. We do like movies are becoming like so short, so shorter. Like you know yeah. the time frame of filming them, so we're like used to going like got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, so like in the first week we were doing like four to five takes, sometimes six, and then by the time we got to the you know, the latter half of the movie, we were like knocking everything out in two to three, and that was just mainly because of time because the movie was so technically complex. But man, if I have like you know if I have time to do more, we'll we'll go there. We'll have some fun. We'll play. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I do miss that playing, you know, like, you know, things become so robotic, yeah. especially for actors. We're so, we're like, got on one take, got on two take, and it's fine. So, but yeah, you miss that like playing, yeah. you know, playing with your other actors. Playing Imagine with- Scout, like th- think about this, like we didn't do this, but in the tunnel scene, which by the way, I think is going to be the scene that everybody remembers. I from the fucking movie. loved that. <laughs> I loved it. I know, I know this bitch would have been like, nope. I like that. I want to do There's this tunnel. First of all, explain the tunnel and how they made it. Yeah. So the tunnel is uh, like basically a solid block of foam that was ca- carved out in the middle so that you can crawl through it. And it looks like a snow tunnel. And then they closed it. Yeah. It's like it's closed up these like different, these big pieces that fit together um, to, to create a tunnel, um, kind of like a, you know, a big toy um, model or something. Um, but anyway, so Scout's crawling through this thing. And it's funny because like <laughs> every movement, you hear the sound of like clothing against foam. So it's like, <laughs> it doesn't really sound like snow, but we fixed that. Anyway, like imagine if we had done that and be like, all right, Scout, I want you to do this one. But imagine that you you have a really full bladder and you have to pee the entire time right like how would that change your performance and like that it could be really interesting you know oh it my might, god you know maybe it wouldn't maybe it wouldn't work but maybe it would and like you get certain facial expressions oh and my god hilarious movements i'd be that... like i don't have time for this <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, i don't need to pretend what it's like to have a fucking full bladder i gotta pee anyway let's just what tell me what you need let's just do it <laughs> well i love one of the things i love about what you guys do is um you know having done a lot of horror movies like I feel like there's a certain mindset when it comes to like just the process of making one, right? Because like a lot of horror movies are lower budget, and there's just sort of a scrappiness to it. There's a scrappiness mm-hmm. to the to the production. There's a scrappiness to the performance, and it's like you get in there and you get it done. You know, you're not precious about it all. And like you know, I'm, I'm as a as a director as a filmmaker, I'm precious about the movie as a whole. But like sometimes you have to just sort of accept what it is. And I felt like I, felt, I think that's a that's a that takes that takes uh, some effort sometimes, you know. But mm-hmm. do, does that yeah, make sense? So, 
Yeah, yeah, particular. And we're just so like lax. Yeah, well, we're yeah. just like, I know it's your baby, but like you want to make your day, dude. So you 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 got to make your day <laughs> so we can do this all day, but this is not a play. Like that's the way I right. feel. Like I had a director, yeah. it was lovely. Maybe I did a couple of years ago and I was laying there for a day and and he had me do the whole scene without any of the dialogue. But just go through the dialogue in my head. He didn't have me or the other actor say any of the words that were on the page. He just wanted us to do the whole scene without actually speaking. Is that, so, that, is that so you can have cutaways where people are just looking at each other? And maybe. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. <laughs> that's what it was. Up. We just want you to shut the fuck up and react. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to, to, to get out of this. This is the weirdest thing. I've never had anyone. Oh my God. I love how he's like, it's because he wanted cutaways. Just tell me. Like, <laughs> well, so, I don't so, even need the other person there. Just, just tell, well, give me like, show me that you're concerned. Tell me that, like, let me see that you're mad. Let me see that you're surprised by the door. Close the door again. Open the door. Be like, who the fuck are you? With an attitude, close the door. Open it up again. Like, I don't need the person to be there. Let's just, let's just give me, give you what you want. Is it helpful for you to be told, look, I need this for the edit. I need this. I need yes, these shots for the yes, edit. Like, yes, and I think I think I did that with Chrissy a few times. Like, she'd be like, "Why do I need to do that?" And like, I, I need it for the edit. I need to have this to cut to. Um, yes, you know. Yes, you do realize that's your fucking superpower, right? Yes, hundred percent. God, I'm as I'm moving into my first thing that I'm gonna direct is in January. Okay. I'm Ooh. gonna have. We're gonna have coffee. <laughs> we're gonna have coffee. Let's but do I was it. Just like, wow, like. That is such a strength to have in your back pocket yeah. to know, like, because I'm assuming you, like, even with storyboards and shot lists, you design them because you know how the movie's going to be edited already. Do you actually yeah. storyboard? I storyboard and I plan a lot. Okay. So the shot lists are basically prioritized and like, here's the minimum that I need to get the scene. And then yeah. here's the stuff that I want. Right. And we, we plan our, we plan how we're going to shoot it based around, you know, that and like, um, what, you know, how, how we're moving lights and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, being able to shoot for the edit is such an important thing, you know? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Doesn't I like also having this didn't happen as much on Creature, but I really like having my storyboards on set so the crew can see what we're doing. Like, like oh, we're doing that shot now. Oh, I get it. Like, it just kind of brings everybody together. I haven't um, worked on a movie with a storyboard in um, eleven years. Oh, yeah, wow. they they kind of don't exist anymore. No. Like, it's so crazy. That's crazy. Sometimes shot lists don't exist they don't. anymore. Most of the time. Sometimes they're I'm getting like, there young. What? And the director and the DP are oh, just wow. trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's a, oh, it's wow. A lot, it's a lot like that. Yeah. The, or or they'll walk through, like, the rehearsal process. We'll do the blocking. And, and then and they'll usually put, the then actors, like, or for me, with yeah. working with new people, but like, or crew that's learning. And you're like, okay, you guys are making this super complicated. Mm-hmm. Let If we did, let's just do it like this. And then you're cutting out, like, three shots. And then right. like, oh, great idea. But we yeah. can, especially when it comes to like special effects and practical effects and blood and like all of the 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 visual stuff that CGI, I don't I don't do a lot of this. So I don't know 
how to set that up. Like you do a lot more of that, like screen stuff with the, Mm -hmm. I've never done that before. So I wouldn't even know like how, what they would need on those sets. It's more of the practical where I'm like, okay, this is going to be a one take or why don't you get it from this angle? So this is, this works this way, or this could be, but done better this way, guys. Yeah. I know it's, it's fucking, things are different. Well, I think, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of, you know, my experience here comes from, I've done a lot of unscripted TV, right? And I've had to produce on set on unscripted TV. And whenever you're doing that, like you have to shoot the bare minimum to get it. And like, a lot of times it really bothers me as an editor, whenever like someone like me isn't there to make sure that they get the shots they need. Like, Mm -hmm. but I've had a lot of experience editing stuff where I don't have the footage that I need, but also being on set and shoot, being there very run and gun, you know, it's reality TV, you know, you just got three cameras moving around and making sure that you get the bare minimum, right? Um, There's not a lot of creativity in that. But being able to take that attitude onto a set for an actual movie is helpful because you you at least can approach it from here's the bare minimum that I need. And then let's get creative. Let's have some fun. Let's get these other inserts or blah, blah, blah. Um, that's just the way I'm thinking going into it. I'm actually shocked, shocked, but not shocked. You said the thing about the, the storyboards. The storyboards for me are that's the first cut of the movie. That's the first edit because I'm looking at the shot. Oh. Now this shot and this shot, you know, that's the first edit. Um, and like, I, I can, it makes it easy. It's an exercise for me to actually go through and storyboard everything. So that I can Are be like, you okay, doing so here's an actual art yourself. Yeah. I sketch, I sketch. I've, I'm a, not a good artist, but I can do it enough to show it to someone and be like, here, make this pretty. That's usually what I do. I hire a storyboard artist to like take my dirty sketches and make them pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm just taking all of this in. Have you ever sat <laughs> in an editing room while someone edited a feature film? No, but I I wanted to, to see, I wanted to ask, like, try. I wanted to ask you, and I don't know why I was so nervous about it, um, to ask if I could do that with you, but yeah. I, I you need to sit that. in the room for like five days even, and just yeah. all day with the editor and go, oh, okay, that's how you pull from that, or oh, you need to cut to there, or oh, well, that's I how I think you I might that. do it with Chrissy, because Chrissy Great. and, you know, Spider do yes, their yes. their stuff from home. <laughs> they literally so edit much. their shit from home. I'm like, I just need to... Just, if yeah. you- no. If you want me to edit your movie in January, um, we can do. I have a, I have a virtual. I was literally going to ask you. Yeah, How I did can, you we, know? I, it's. It, oh, I don't know. I'll just. But, um, I've got a virtual <laughs> editing room where literally I you will see the output of of my editing system, and then you sit there with your webcam, and you can see my webcam, and we're just talking to each other like we're sitting in the same room, and like you're looking at what I'm doing. I was even thinking about Go for ours as well. So we're doing a movie a year starring Danielle and I. I would love to have an editor on set. I've, I've recently had a few of those well, where they're editing literally on set and you're like <laughs> fucking fantastic. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh my so God. Good. But then they can come up and say, we, you got to go back and grab that. We need that. I, or I, rem- and, you know. I remember yeah. when I experienced that when they were editing as we were yeah. filming for the first mm-hmm. time. It, mm-hmm. Was it Halloween? I think it was Halloween. Oh. Halloween too. Oh, I don't know. He was in a trailer yeah. and I was like, you're doing Genius. the movie right now? Yeah. He's like, yeah, to make <laughs> sure that Rob doesn't have, everything. yeah, let's make sure. Yeah, we have. Well, I, I did that on Creature. Remember I, I, I edited your fight scene. Yeah. Like I, like, like I showed it to you like the week after we, we filmed it, but, or maybe it wasn't even that far. Maybe it was just a couple of days. days. I put it together pretty quickly. That, that when you were shooting the movie that you came home after directing a 15 hour day that you were like, I, I want to edit this so bad. Cause I got, I want to see how it's going to come out. The, the fight scene. Yeah. The fight scene. Yeah, the fight scene. That's what I was like. The, a, I wanted to do it. And B, I was like, this is going to make everyone feel really good about what we just did. So I wanted to show them. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah. And then, so then of course there's like, you know, my own insecurities about things too. I'm like, sometimes you film something you're like, Oh my God, this is just not going to be good. And then, then, you know, I surprise myself as an editor. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like wow, this is actually, uh, this looks pretty good. <laughs> the so editing is, is so your, powerful. Is this your first time creating, um, 
like a, a like a creature? No. For any of your work? No, I did. A, there's a big creature in the cleansing hour that I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what was it like designing this one? Um, I mean, look at that fucking thing, Danielle. Yeah. Look at that thing. If you guys are on our Patreon and you're seeing the video, he has the the poster in the back. Dude, that thing looks fucking scary. It, it is. I love practical creature effects and I love creature design. Um, you know, I worked with a phenomenal uh, creature concept artist initially as I was developing this. And mm. that was the most fun because that was the best part about it. Because like that was sort of like best case scenario budget money is no object this is what i want this monster to look like and then you know you get to the point of like okay now we have to build it how do we engineer that and then you have to make certain adjustments and things so um it's a process but it's fun and it's creative and i have a very open mind and i also put a lot of trust in the practical effects guys that that do that what an art the sculpting and everything it's it's wonderful i've never done in my career a creature feature what? Okay, well, Danielle, that's got to change right now. That's uh, the, that's, can you write a got, movie for us as a creature yes. feature? I've only, I literally have never, I don't know. Dude, you would be so cool with a creature. I'm like scared of that stuff though, oh. you know, like gremlins and E.T. and like ghoulies and like any kind of like things that are not it's supposed to be so real or why like I, like I, I'm, I, I might, yeah, it would be fucking frightening to me. To oh. have that, what I see there, to have that in a scene with me as a practical. I mean, were they puppets? Are they animatronic? Yeah, I was is there, ask, is there a person in there? Describe. Like, how big is your creature? Yeah, the creature is about seven feet tall. Oh, um, Jesus the, there's an actor inside of it, and uh, but we had other creatures in it that were puppets. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, you, oh. you are not gonna like them. No, I will not like them. <laughs> um, who has them? Where are they? Oh, yeah. Um, they are in a warehouse with our distributor. Oh, you don't have one in your like on your mantle? Yeah, next no. to the kids' playroom. <laughs> no, I, I have a picture of it if you want to see it. Do you fuck with your kids? Man, I'm real sensitive about that because, like, I watched The Exorcist when I was 11 years old, and I, 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 I was like, right? yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I got exposed to stuff at a very young age that I should not have. Um, mm-hmm. So. Well, and my and my kids are like genuinely afraid of stuff, so like, I, I don't want to like make it worse for them. You know? Yeah, that was my first movie that my mom showed me as a kid was The Exorcist. That, oh, yeah? How old so were you? So is that where you're fascinated? So his his other movie was about an exorcism, which is so fucking good. You need it. You need to watch it. Um, But <laughs> that's – so is that where your obsession came from? Was watching yeah, oh, I, I would I, – yeah, I was always I was always fascinated with the paranormal, ghost stuff, demons. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh... – <laughs> You know, he would be a really great one for the second movie. With the nuns. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you go um, the nuns? Too oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. <laughs> um, do you ever go ghost hunting? You know, okay, say so I did a uh I did a little a little short documentary years and years ago about this haunted hotel in New Mexico. And I drove sixteen hours each way from LA to uh this tiny town in New Mexico, I forget what it was called, um, to do like a ghost hunt thing interviewed the people who work there, interviewed the owners, you know, really fascinating. Um, I have not done that since then. Um, my my views on things have changed a little bit. I actually don't believe in ghosts anymore. What? From that be- experience? No, just through like my, re- my own research and my own, the development of my own worldview. I believe that there are no ghosts. I believe that there are only demons. So I think that when it, with this, what people think are ghosts are actually demons messing with you really yeah wait how did you come up with with this just enlighten us a little 
Uh, well, I believe that uh, I believe that you know after you die, you go to one of two places, and uh, you know the human souls are, are conscripted conscripted to that. Right. The only thing that we have that you know can that's supernatural here on Earth is either angels or demons. So angels and demons can move around and, uh, and human being, human souls can't, so, uh, they can't come back after they die. Crazy. Yeah. Like JDL's brain is going. Oh, I just, I'm going. No, no. Going. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in hell. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what I feel like really the only way that I could like defend it. Um, but I, I mean, I do think about that a lot. Like my, my older son asks a lot of God questions. And now that we live in Texas, um, I'll teach him. Don't you worry. It, it comes up a lot more, you know, like my, after the, my Carter's first day of kindergarten, I said, you can go anywhere you want to celebrate your first day of kindergarten. Anywhere you want to go, thinking he'd want to go for ice cream or Cinnabon or whatever. Cemetery? He wanted to go to the cemetery. Fuck yeah, that's my he kid. Never, he'd never been to the cemetery. He wanted to go to a cemetery? He wanted to go to the cemetery. So we walked around and and I was like, okay, we'll go to the cemetery. And my lie was busted because I told him that he, everybody lives till they're 100. Oh no. So he asked us to be worried. Like everybody lives to their 100. So he's like, make sure he lives his best life. And, but then now I've amended it with a little bit with, well, you have to eat healthy and you have to get your sleep and you have to be a happy person. You've got to do things that you love to do in your life. And, you know, these are all things that help you get to that point. And if you don't, you may actually not live that long. But when I went to the cemetery and he saw the, you know, he could read. So he's looking at, I was like, can he figure out the math? Yes. <laughs> oh no. And then, they have, and then they have pictures and it was a lot from like 2020. And there's like oh, younger no. people and younger kids. And That's it was all fucking. Confused. Oh yeah. Um, but I I it's hard to like explain what heaven is or if like what hell if there is a hell what hell is or you know I it, it you know you have kids it's hard, it's hard to kind of I want them to form their own opinion about things but because I don't know I'm not I've never died so I don't I don't know what's out there I don't know where we go or if there is a thing or I mean I don't know isn't that sure. hard to explain that sort of to your kid because like you don't we don't know it's well, like I you explain like it. Santa Claus and like Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy no but you don't yeah. still you still don't know what to tell your kids Kid Carter was like like David and I had a discussion the other day about where Carter wanted to know why there was an X in Christmas ah uh, and I was like I have no idea. And David was like, why. well, because Chris, it's like a crisscross is what he thought. And I was like, um, well, close. It's like a crisscross. It's Christ, it's a, right? So, no, it's the Roman numeral X is Chi in, in, in Latin. So it's, it's sort of a, it's a loose, uh, you know, abbreviation. Oh, well, now, now, you, I can, know. now you can tell. there's google it's a it's a elusive review you know let me tell you a funny story i i was told that i wanted to know where the easter bunny came from and i had Mm -hmm. a a boyfriend that was (laughs) that was catholic and i was like tell me i want to learn i want to learn like i would go to you know my dad wasn't jewish so we go to church and uh, but i still was like i was always curious about Mm -hmm. everything there's a lot of shit wrong with my religion a lot of shit wrong with everyone's religion to each yeah um and so he i think i told you the story he said to me that when Maybe I'm, I hope I get this right. Um, when Christ was resurrected from the tomb, when the rock was rolled is Easter. When the rock was rolled out of the way before Christ came out, a bunny, a rabbit jumped out, and really? then that's where the Easter bunny comes from. Really? Oh wow, that's a new no, that's a new one to me. That's, that's that's not the real that's not the real origin no. of the Easter bunny. But no, that's a that's, that's a fun me. story. <laughs> And I really believe that. That's great. For about a decade until someone <laughs> said, you know, he was probably fucking with you. And I was like, what? I'm so glad he told me that it was not real because I was about to go fucking call Tom and be like, hey. Well, that would make sense show. to me. More sense than what, than, you know, than actually what. But that's. Yeah. Doing. 
that's why you don't want to lie to your kids because you you mm. th- they'll go on and believe something that's not real. Like even like the Santa thing, I'm very careful. Yeah, about how do you that. how do you handle? You that? don't have Elf on a shelf. Uh, no, I'm not Jewish. No, Elf on a shelf. That's Mensch on a bench. Oh, Mensch on a bench. Shelf. That's right. <laughs> no, I don't have we've the got, Elf. We've got both. The, the Mensch and the Elf have little rendezvous in the middle of the night, and they all end up all over the house. Oh, super cute. I love it. Um, I, you know, I don't. Santa, like, we let them have fun with like the myth, with the mythology of it. But like, I we don't straight up tell our kids that Santa is real. You know, like it's I I don't it, we walk a very fine line because I don't want my kid to be the one in class. We're like, you know, Santa's not real, you know, um, but right. at the same time, I also want their kids and I want them to have fun, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, when we when it comes to like our faith, how we di- how we distinguish that from, you know, myth or fantasy is very important. You know, and that you've heard of like some Christians don't feel comfortable letting their kids watch Harry Potter. Well, I am more, my six-year-old is very advanced in reading, so he's starting to read the first Harry Potter book, and I explain to him, and I do this for other movies, especially Disney movies, I'm like, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says that that you should not do magic, but that doesn't mean that you can't tell stories about magic. You know, there are stories. This is fantasy. So what you're watching in the movie isn't real, but magic itself is real. And we don't want to pretend to do magic, but we can have tell stories and have fun with stories and be involved. You know, it's 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 trying to talk to your kids and like they're adults. I, I think so I really think feel magic that way. Magic is real. Oh yeah, sorcery, uh, de- divination, talking to the dead, hundred percent. I do really, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah, 100%. like like spells, cauldrons, like like that, like witches. Yeah. You think that that mm-hmm. can actually make things happen? Oh, for sure, oh, definitely, yeah. Oh. definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's using it's using demonic forces, but yeah, hundred percent. So, have you seen demons? No, I have had a demonic encounter. But Tell me about it. Danielle loves this stuff. I want to know, like, what she what is it that stuff. makes you go like, this is this is now why I believe because you're you you seem pretty like I believe in demons. I'm I'm curious to know what yeah. happened that made you go. This is it. Uh, no, it actually wasn't that that made me believe. I already believed in them. Um, but you know, I've I've experienced a you know a poltergeist of sorts that that was like very clearly not natural. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it would be the equivalent, Danielle, of. Uh, it would be the equivalent of sitting in your house and, um, you know, watching a vase fly off of a shelf all by itself and break. And I yeah. mean, li- I mean, literally fly. I don't mean like tip over. I mean, like fly propelled by some force off the shelf and break. I've seen something like that. I felt like within like myself, like something like, like, Pushing on you, yeah. like literally laying their entire body on me and like, pushing me further into my bed oh my gosh like, I felt Where did that, that happen? on multiple occasions oh my gosh i'm very sensitive to it very very sensitive to it that's why i had to leave um yeah the brown hotel the brown hotel yeah yeah did you know that yes i did yes there yes. was something in my room she right she yeah and i knew it was a feminine like a i i, I got a female energy as soon as i walked in there and she kept turning my fucking lights on she yeah. kept turning my fucking TV on and she, she was, it was really a negative, negative energy. And I think Shannon, why. Shannon was experiencing that too. He, like the lights in his room were being wonky. No, um, no, but, no, but this was, but this was like 
that that happened there the the bed situation with the the like i couldn't breathe you also had like positive spiritual encounters too with yeah but mostly that's what it is that's that's why i've like i am i i think (laughs) i could have been a a medium maybe but i but i get the negative i get the bad i get i get the fucking things that are like why did i fucking kill me yeah (laughs) i'm like dude Uh Please. So I, you know, I've been, I've been, like I said, I've been fascinated with the paranormal since I was, I don't know, 10 years old. And mm-hmm. I've been writing stories and writing screenplays that deal with this stuff. So I do a lot of research on demonology. I do a lot of research on religions and, uh, you know, and, and cultural traditions and myths and that sort of thing. Um, you know, so I feel like I have a pretty developed worldview around that sort of stuff. I genuinely believe it's real and I do not yeah. want to mess with it. You know, did you guys see talk to me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Daniel hasn't seen it. Do you know the Do you know the premise, dude? Mm-mm. Okay, it's about these these kids that have like this sort of mummified like wrist and hand that was like made by a medium or made by a witch, and all you have to do is hold on to the hand and say "talk to me," and then you become possessed by a spirit. Okay. okay. And they're, they're treating this like it's a drug, a party drug. They go to, mm-hmm. they go to their parties. It's a game and they see who can last the longest while possessed by this spirit. Okay. Oh, that's fun. It's fucking fun. The movie is so I fun. Three more movies, by the way. Fabulous. Oh yeah. It's, they deserve it. It was, it, it was it, so it's good. It's great. But my point, the, the, the thing that I walked out of the theater like really kind of disturbed by was not the movie was this idea that this is how most young people today think about Mm -hmm. this stuff, Mm -hmm. this stuff you do not want to mess with. You really don't, but they think it's fun. Right. Right. And I really do think that like, if you were to do something like this in real life, kids would do it. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I think one of the first movies, horror movies I saw that scared me was Witchboard back in, you know, in the eighties or whenever it was. And I would, I would go to my friend's house and we would bring the Ouija board that I wasn't allowed to buy that I ended up getting somehow, some way through somebody else. And we would watch the movie and then we'd play with the Ouija board. Yeah. And we were always making it move ourselves though. I think mm. I'm going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you <laughs> about something that I've, I've been brewing. Okay. And I think never shuts would off. be fucking perfect. Oh, yeah. But, oh, perfect. Hundred percent. I have to talk to you and tell you what I've been doing with that. Okay. So before the the episode ends, um, what's what's not what's next for you? What's what's going on? What's what's going on in your world? Uh, we're casting a movie right now. Um, it's okay. called Trotterhead. It's basically it's an Amish ghost story, Amish Ooh. witch story. Um, so if you can imagine the witch in Amish country, um, that's what that is. It's really fun. you want to be the creature? <laughs> you want to be the witch? Sure. I've never done that before. Why not? She's like, okay, I don't know where let's talk about that. Let's talk. You. That would be <laughs> so cool. You're that's like, actually not a bad it. idea. I really like that idea, Daniel. All right, so let's Ooh. talk about that later. Yeah, be um, a witch, babe. <laughs> we haven't cast the witch. We're 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 trying to. We've got an offer out to a very big A list actor right now that we're waiting on. Um, and They're then, gonna be uh, horrible to work with. <laughs> you described what you didn't like. Everything that he likes, <laughs> you better change your tune. Change my mind. <laughs> and then, so that one we're supposed to. It's 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 set in the snow. Also, like you oh, know, I, I I get to test <laughs> these it. movies that are that are that are that take place in the winter time. No, no, um, no. <clears throat> so we're gonna be I going guess. going to Canada in February, Northern Ontario. I'm gonna Oof, die. Been there, done that. Nope. <laughs> oh my god, uh, dude. Yeah. We did 
did in, Lu- in Louisville. Louisville. We filmed Louisville. the Christmas movie during fucking like scorching weather. I would much rather do that. There's 95 really, degrees on set. For... I, I was dying. <laughs> do you have you ever worked in the fucking blizzard? Yeah, I filmed so many. Fucking freezing. She came here. She's covered. She's she came to my hotel room in full fur coat. By the way, yeah. She's not even going outside. I'm she's in going Chicago. From room to room, but you're not going outside. But I'm going to go to the outlets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh so after trotterhead we're shooting that in february and then i'm um i got attached to direct an action movie so that's uh Fuck yeah that's with uh, zero gravity so hopefully that that nice. gets going yeah oh you're gonna be such a good director for an action movie oh, i just yeah. did an action movie in thailand and it was the it was so fun oh nice that, like, was that the I, I, scuba like, one yeah n- no another one. Oh well so awesome horror and action like are bread and butter. Yeah. Like I love them. They're both physical. They're both physical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, so I'm super fun. excited. It's um <clears throat> also uh, coincidentally set in the snow. Uh, oh. But uh, with the blood and all that shit, it's gonna look so good in the snow. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna right. look so good. Like your characters are gonna look so badass against the white. The contrast. Oh, yeah, oh, I love it. It's gonna be beautiful. Yeah. You're not in there in the fucking snow with a frozen on your face. Yeah, I mean, you might have a hard time delivering lines, but with an action movie, there's not that many lines. That's true. Right? That's true. That is true. You're fine. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to see it, everybody. Um, December, what was it? December 8th in theaters. December 8th. uh, December 12th on Apple. It's on Apple now. You can actually pre-order it. So go to Apple. A Creature Was Stirring. To support independent horror movies. Yes. Go see A Creature Was Stirring. It was so much fun. We loved filming it. And uh, you guys are going to love it more watching it. Yay! Thank I'll not you. I'll be taking my kids to see it. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> when they get older, they'll they'll watch uh, Auntie Scoop. They ask in this movie for to watch your movies all the time. Oh, I have nothing <laughs> to show. Oh, uh, thank you guys so much. And oh, thanks for having me. Tuesday, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday.